live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in after the long Thanksgiving weekend. We are back for Monday morning, November 28th, 2022. Glad to have you with us as we get things rolling on this Monday morning. Got a good show for you today. Uh, No fantasy Huskers. That is over. Normally what I would bring up here. Uh, But we do, I don't know if you knew this, but we do have some Husker news that we will get to and discuss throughout the course of the show. Uh, only guest scheduled today is uh, Dirk Chatlin, so he's going to join us at 8.35 today. So hopefully everybody is up and moving. I know those Mondays after a long weekend, they can be rough. So hopefully we can give you a little added pep in your step here as we get going on Monday morning. But a problem you may encounter as you go throughout your day here back to normal is trying to figure out what you're supposed to talk to people about now because the number one topic of small talk conversations in Nebraska at least in my experience has been taken away with Nebraska having now made it official they have hired Matt Rule they will introduce him today at a press conference at 1:30 on campus we will get to know who he is and there will be no more speculation No more sources, no more a guy you knew over there who might work, who knows somebody else who works at the university, Mm -hmm. had heard some things. No more of that after a long two and a half, nearly three months of those discussions. And you may say it's mercifully over, or maybe, you know, it was the friends that we made along the way with the (laughs) entire thing. But, yes, it uh, it is now... Now official, Matt Rule, the next head coach of Nebraska football, and will be fascinating to hear from him today. A uh, lot of different angles we could uh, we could go on this whole thing, but but um, you know, I I think I I think Nebraska ended up getting someone. They got someone who's interesting. They got someone who. Um, doesn't have, I mean, does have obviously a a a some level of a, a power five resume with Baylor in the uh, somewhat short stint that he spent there, but a huge turnaround there in a short period of time. Also, the head coach at Temple before he went to the Carolina Panthers. There were people on the list on the hot boards, if you will, that had more extensive power five experience. But you're also getting somebody who uh, who. who has a real solid reputation nationally. And also one thing, it, it'll be interesting to see how people's sort of impressions of this are impacted and change when he gets in front of the camera more. We've, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't been paying super close attention to the Carolina Panthers or Baylor a while back, you just haven't heard a lot of, of this guy talking or totally knowing what he's about unless you've kind of sought it out over the last few days when his name has kind of risen to the top as well. My sense is that he's going to win a lot of people over just because he's a very good communicator, and and I think there will be, you know, and it doesn't mean he's going to be successful here, but I think maybe starting today you're going to have a lot of people who hear from him and are just impressed in hearing him 
talk, and I know Trev said he wasn't necessarily looking for somebody who was going to win the press conference, but from from what I can tell, Rule probably still will do that, but we will find out a little bit later today. Uh, other thing that I want to mention is we still don't know what probably will be the top question at the press conference today. It will ask to be addressed uh, probably very soon within things today, which is what is the status of Mickey Joseph with the program right now? Uh, can he, will he stay? Does Matt Rule want him to stay? What rule, role would that possibly be in? Still no answers on that question. I know that's a big question that a lot of people have. Um, and, and, and I don't know. I mean, I just, I, 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 it's, it's, I think it's difficult to tell a head coach that they've, that they've got to, you know, bring somebody on. I, I don't think Trev can or will do that. He may strongly recommend that. I don't know if Rule, what kind of a connection Rule has to Mickey Joseph. I know Rule's offensive coordinator at the Carolina Panthers was somebody who worked directly with Mickey Joseph at LSU. So they've at least got one degree of separation with this whole thing. Uh, but I also think it, it, you, he probably is going to be leaning pretty hard and or need to lean pretty hard for at least a while here on guys who are familiar with the current roster as you go into uh, the season where transfers are starting to happen, as you're making decisions where to make offers, as you're making decisions about the roster going forward. And so I, I think even more so now than ever, there is uh, there's going to be a desire when coaching changes are made to have at least some sort of stability in the coaching staff uh, from the year before for at least a year, just because things get so you know so crazy so fast in terms of needing to make decisions. So uh, those are my those are my initial thoughts on on those things. Um, you know, I think I'm 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 relieved it doesn't feel like. Uh, Nebraska went for someone who was who was settling. I think some of those names out there felt that way. Uh, I think I think Rule is a you know he's not kind of the traditional candidate that you were looking at um, in in a whole lot of ways. Having you know having been in the NFL, having left the NFL, uh, having a couple of short stints as a college coach, but here we are, and uh, now we we get to go forward with this whole thing. Uh, good morning, Caleb. How are you doing today? How was your weekend? Very busy. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot going on. Uh, a lot going on. Uh, your thoughts uh, on the Matt Rule hire? I think it's a good hire. It fits what Nebraska needs right now. Now, there's there were other names that you and I had gone through that we had higher on our list for mul- for a number of reasons that we've given for the last two months because this was a what was it sixty seven. 68-day search, yeah. something like that. Two-plus months, yeah. Um, so there were other names that were on there, and there were other reasons that I liked guys above Matt Rule. But he fits what Nebraska needs right now, and he's still a good coach. Just just because he wasn't at the top of a couple of our lists doesn't mean he's not going to do well. I, and I think he yeah. be, because of what he was able to do, I still have some apprehension because he hasn't been somewhere very long. But here's the thing. If in three years... Penn State opens up, yeah, and he wants to go there. Where or, he played, or, by the way, or he yeah, where State. he played there, or an NFL job opens up. Well, if he's getting that job, it's probably because he's doing well here at Nebraska. So, so that's the part there where I'm fine if somebody does end up leaving in three, four years because of success, as opposed to having turnover because your coach had to get fired. 
Yeah. So I think Matt Rule fits a lot. I'm interested to see how he fills out his whole staff. He's already grabbing a few guys that he's worked with before. But yeah, that Mickey Joseph question, that looms the largest going into today. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, the the exercise of saying who you want to be the coach uh, is one where you're doing it based almost solely on on a resume, on a Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's not sitting down in, in the room and knowing a ton about their philosophy and and um we're not in those so, interviews we don't know what they're laying yeah. out for a strategic plan right right but uh I, the, i've been i and you guys have been through enough of these things that when you you it, it's impossible to be to be sure that it's going to work or sure that it's going to fail on on any of these coaches right now and you know Matt Rule Matt Rule I think gives you about as good a chance to succeed and turn things around here uh, in Nebraska as as almost any of the coaches have and I'm excited to get going with him I'm hoping uh you know I'm hoping he's the the kind of guy a little selfishly but selfish for you guys too hope he's the kind of guy who will uh who will come on the uh on the show every once in a while yeah because we haven't had a lot of time to talk to head coaches uh on this uh on this show in the well, not since Mike Riley well Matt but, rule was uh on on college game day ESPN's game college day. game yep. day so we pulled yep. that sound up and that's the first time we've had a live show with a with a head coach produced out of this studio yeah in a couple of years that's true that is uh that's very true uh mark vale how was your holiday weekend it was all right good how was the turkey it was good yeah yours uh it was good i mean my mom did a turkey so it was it was very good i was only responsible for the green bean casserole this year that's hard to that's hard to mess up um because it is a it's not something people do a lot of variations on for the most part uh you just look at the recipe on the back of the uh, crunchy onions you throw it all in there you throw it in the oven at 350 for 30 minutes or whatever and it comes out and it's done so yeah the uh french onion uh the dirty uh dried yep onions yep yeah by the way uh not that you know not that i'm a kind of a news junkie but uh, in case you were wondering if Matt Rule was in town or not over yeah. the weekend, I don't think he is because there's a charter flight from Charlotte to Lincoln that's two hours out from the Lincoln Airport right now. Okay, all right. Well, Just, you know, little news dig. Then maybe that's it. Maybe, uh, and maybe. it's a Lincoln-based flight. So interesting. All right. Well, maybe went, went to Charlotte yesterday afternoon. Come coming back this morning. Very yeah. well, could be it. We'll have that uh, that press conference will air here on KLIN this afternoon. Okay. One thirty. One thirty. Beginning at twelve thirty. So the the and the, that'll be the Husker Sports from Network. So Greg Sharp Network, will yeah. probably be anchoring that. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, there you go. Um, and then and then uh, you know quick other new sports news related things because kind of coming off this weekend sports is. Um, you know, sort of uh, in the headlines. Bearing ama- an amazing thing, Nebraska beat Iowa in football. Nebraska beats Iowa in football. <laughs> uh, and then volleyball has about as tough a weekend as, you know, they've had uh, in a long time, not only on the court, but off the court, um, losing one of their top, most experienced players for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and then losing temporarily another one of those players, another player losing again to Wisconsin, and then kind of in the it, you could kind of see the Minnesota thing coming then right um with the letdown after Wisconsin with Hames being out and Knuckles being out on senior day it was a bad recipe for that match uh Nebraska I think with a loss to Wisconsin probably did um they end up in Louisville's region so if they want to go to the final four they would have to go through Louisville and Danny Busboom Danny Kelly um here's the thing that's, a, those- that's about as good it's the it's the second best 
it's the second best region they could have been in, I would say. I would say I would call this the best region. Better than the San Diego in. one? Yeah. Okay. Well, there, there was they would have had to go through Stanford for that Stanford, one. Stanford I, I, I was I Stanford the home field. Okay. Yeah. So maybe the best. Maybe the best in that whole Yeah, thing. you you avoid two teams that have beaten you this year. Okay. And you don't have to go to Texas again. And Texas is just rolling. Absolutely. You, you, you yeah. don't want to go down there. Yes, Nebraska won down there last year. You don't want to go if you can avoid Austin, you avoid Austin, and they did that. So now all things, you'll begin this week with Delaware State on Thursday, most likely going to be playing Miami on Friday. And then you go to Louisville right? and see if you can come back Probably to the state. Oregon, possible first-round, yeah. uh, likely first-round opponent, or I guess it would be third-round opponent. Once you get down there, yeah. yeah. In in Louisville, um, and then yeah yeah so I and your if you did make it to Omaha, your first match would probably be against Wisconsin. I think is how the bracket sets up, if I recall. Yes, yeah. So that'd be something. <laughs> but you got to get going, and they've got to figure out. They've got to kind of figure out how to get back to their normal selves after losing Kenzie Knuckles, which you just it just mm-hmm. impacted them. I think. You know, X's and O's wise, and it impacted them. I think emotionally too. Yeah, you're you're reliant on a lot of other people in that back row to to pick up the slack defensively. She's one of the reasons Nebraska has been so good defensively. And like yep. they're, they're they're stout all the way across the back, but then she also serves really well. Yes, so she does a lot to pick it up and help other make sure that other teams aren't getting kills, but also. She's out there. She takes swings every now and then. Like that's that's someone who can keep an entire other team on their heels and not having Kenzie Knuckles. It does hurt. Yes. Um. All right. Um. Mark, any? I know it's uh, coming out a long weekends. It's usually a, l- a little bit slow here in terms of uh, in terms of other news. Anything else that we need to mention here at the outset? Well, the Pershing Merrill has found a home. It is right, not too far from here. Actually, I think they got the idea when we said to put it here at forty fourth and O, but it's going about. Uh, what is it about thirty sixth and O? Okay, Waiuka Cemetery. Uh, what really? Huh? They're by the pond. Yeah, they're going to revamp that whole area there. Um, outdoor space, kind of try to make it more of a destination for people to go spend some time at. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, in and, and um, I know they they've had some of those efforts before, but I'm I'm glad after all that work that was done. To make that happen, all those funds that were raised that they don't end up uh, yeah. just have that thing in a storage facility with nowhere that that makes any sense. So, um, yeah, the, so uh, that that's good. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. to glad glad that that seems to work out for everybody in this whole thing. At least you know, yeah. Now we can quit speculating on that. Yes. Not that we've been speculating on anything else around right. here, but right. Uh, yeah, that I I have no idea when it will all take right. place, but uh, that's a that's going to be a that'll big project. Take a while. Yeah, that'll take a while. I'm, I'm sure since they're doing it down there by that uh, water feature of the pond, it'll take some excavation and and uh, construction as yes. well. So, unlike yeah. the other parts of the cemetery where people are just dying to get into. Yeah, and I know this happened last week, but um, wow, I missed that. Uh, <laughs> I know this happened last week. But we haven't we had t- tailgate on on Wednesday, so we hadn't mentioned it. But uh, the uh, the next new high school in Lincoln, as you mentioned in your newscast, they've got their mascot. They've got their colors. It's going to be the Standing Bear uh, Grizzlies. Yep. And what you described it what Carolina blue, charcoal, and navy. Yep. Is that what you? That's right. I thought one of them would have kind of that light blue look to them that was that's one thing that isn't really represented in lincoln's school colors oh, carolina blue they really went all in on welcoming matt rule didn't they <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> true 
That's wow. true. Said, but maybe right. we knew. They said, so, all right, we need Carolina Blue. Okay, where was he? He was Baylor Bears. Okay, we're going to be the Grizzlies. Standing Bear. All you had to do was read the helmet, and you would have known. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Standing Bear knew on Tuesday, <laughs> a few days before wow. everyone else did. That's crazy. Uh, and then uh, and weather-wise, looks like we've got one more one more nice day, real nice yep. day here today before we, we get back to kind of where you might expect to be this yep. time and, of year. And uh, winter weather advisory for northeast Nebraska. Uh, We're going to be right on that edge. Uh, could get uh, anywhere from a trace to uh, maybe an inch, but they're yeah. not expecting much more than that. But a couple inches up north there. So, and then, and then, then starting tomorrow, we get back to those, you know, those temperatures where it's okay if it's not super windy, uh, yeah. which is thirties and thirties and sunny, but cloudy and precip. So it's yep. going to be damp. Yeah. So tomorrow, yeah. And I, I forgot uh, we did have one tragic event out in California uh, over the weekend. Uh, a flock of terns, you know, the the birds, terns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they landed in a medical marijuana field. Okay. And ate the crop entirely. Now there's no turn left unstoned. It's 625. It's LNK today with Jagged Friends. Caleb's got full sports next on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, for the final time, uh, just Fantasy uh, Huskers update. The the game is over. The fun is over with Fantasy Huskers. Big thanks to Valentino's and to Alumni Hall for... Being a partner with us throughout the course of this year and uh, getting the prizes set up for all of our winners this uh, this year, we have one more to announce. And uh, boy, after all the talk about when the first turnover would be, which was what the uh, what the question was for this week, little did we know that it would be early and it would be Nebraska being right. the the beneficiary of the first turnover but they were with uh with a blindside hit on a quarterback he didn't see coming in any way uh, coughs up the ball and Nebraska gets it and that meant our winner was well and his pick was only 18 seconds away that's impressive steve is the final fantasy husker all right winner. steve so you pick up the pizza and the gear from valentinos and alumni hall and you are our final winner so no more mariah until next year uh except for request line friday is coming up and you yeah. can request her on on friday yeah we'll tell you I, I i've got a little bit later in the show kind of a cool announcement about request line friday i think we'll we'll do that at eight ten. okay um which I've I've told talked to you about via email, but not even in person. And so, uh, but yes, request line Friday will be coming back this week. So so be thinking about that. All right, sound off. Where are we starting with the sound off this week? We're going to start overseas right now because this is kind of the big international story, and that is 
uh, Chinese citizens right now who are they're they're tired of COVID lockdowns. Now, a lot of us we're tired of uh, the COVID related stuff. Remember, oh, I don't know, two years ago, and then it was a year and a half. You know, a year and a half ago between in that time when when a lot of it started going away here. Uh, locally and in the nation, but they've continued to have like zero tolerance policies in China and people are frustrated with it. And in a country that doesn't, let's just say a country that doesn't encourage a lot of uh, protest, political expression, it's pretty rare when you see something like, like is happening there right now. It's the most widespread display of opposition to Communist Party rule in decades. Thousands pouring into the streets in cities across China, some chanting for President Xi Jinping to resign, others holding blank sheets of paper. The focus, the government's zero COVID strategy. Lockdowns, mass testing and travel restrictions continue after almost three years. The rules have been blamed for tragedies, including a deadly fire at a tower block last week. Protesters risk harsh sentences and a number have apparently been arrested. The government's given no official response. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. So, yeah, again, this is a significant worldwide story, but especially because it's happening in China, because it's happening across the country, um, major cities from from Shanghai to to Beijing, uh, thousands of protesters, some of whom are are calling for the removal of current Chinese leader Xi uh, Jinping and has kind of been overseeing this whole thing where they've had the strategy of mass testing, uh, huge lockdowns, enforced quarantines, digital tracking, and they're, you know, that's that that got triggered by this fire, which is the capital of the far western region, uh, region of uh, Xinjiang. Ten people were killed. Um, in nine in a in, injured in an apartment building, and basically videos of this that people were able to find afterwards uh, appeared to show that lockdown measures delayed firefighters from actually getting to the victims. In this case, uh, the the city had been under lockdown for over a hundred days. Residents were unable to leave the region. Um, a lot of them had to stay home. So it all started. There, with residents marching to a government building, chanting for the end of the lockdown there. Um, And then that, of course, public anger grew around the entire country. Uh, So residents and cities kind of uh, kind of took the mantle of these protests at this point. And it's incredibly rare for this to happen. Obviously, Communist Party is a big grip on a whole bunch of parts of of life there. Um. And it's and, and they've got a very high tech surveillance state too, that that goes there as well. So it'll be interesting to see what you know what this means for the people who are doing. It. You know what's crazy about this whole thing? One of the one of the I don't know if I have the line the exact line here because I heard this earlier, but one of the lines that the Chinese national anthem says has kind of an exhortation to stand up and and do these sorts of things, and it's become a bit of a rallying cry of protesters in China right now mm-hmm. to the point that that the Chinese government has to has had to restrict the use of the language in their own national anthem at this point to try and quell the uh quell the protests with this one. 
So, um, if the you you know if these come on continue to go on, I I would guess that you're going to see some probably some ugly scenes between protesters and uh, and police going forward. Uh, all right, uh, Congress uh, finishing up another month before we get to. The new post-2024 elections, or excuse me, 2022 election Congress where Republicans have the House, Democrats have the Senate. But one thing that Congress has to deal with in the weeks before that is avoiding a possible government shutdown. A government funding deal is needed by December 16th to avoid a Christmas time shutdown. And so far, there are few signs of an emerging imminent deal. Republican and Democratic negotiators must settle on top line spending levels. And the administration is renewing calls for supplemental spending for the COVID response and potentially more aid for Ukraine before the end of the year. President Biden says he also wants lawmakers to pass new gun legislation in the aftermath of mass shootings in Colorado and Virginia. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. All right. So there you go. Some of the other things that are, um, you know, the spending bill is probably the most important and and pressing thing that keeps the government running. Uh, President has also asked for a $40 billion in aid for Ukraine. Uh, $9 billion of COVID funding. So that's something that they'll, you know, we'll, I don't know, they'll, they'll have the votes for, but that'll happen. Uh, need to pass the National Defense Authorization Act. That's a military funding bill that's been passed every year for more than six decades, but they're just, they're way behind on this whole thing. And then some of the, in this four-week session, some of the other things that, um, especially Democrats, maybe some Republicans are, are looking at that are a little bit more ambitious, uh, protecting same-sex marriage rights. At this point, there already has been an initial Senate vote on that where there were enough votes, uh, but that's just the first few steps on this. Revising the Electoral Count Act uh, going along with this, uh, raising the debt limit, and then the other one is dealing with a potential rail strike. And this could impact the productivity really completely over the course of the next four weeks that you have the possibility that lawmakers are going to have to get involved of a rail strike right in front of the Christmas holiday. You've got these negotiations ongoing. In fact, let's get a let's get an update on exactly what is happening there. As of this week, four of 12 rail unions voted to reject that deal, meaning that a strike could take hold December 9th, crippling the already fragile supply chain right before the Christmas holiday. With that could come 700,000 jobs lost, a 4% spike in inflation, a one-point reduction in the GDP, overall a $160 billion economic drop. That is according to the American Chemistry Council, which has a real stake in this game. 33,000 train car loads of chemicals are shipped across the country per week. That's $2.8 billion worth. So, uh, yeah, this could be a mess. And December 9th is the date that they've got to get this done. Um, and I don't, you know, you talk about how. Uh, I don't think holiday shopping is real. I know we kind of position it in front of being the Christmas holiday. I even said it, but the stuff that uh, the, the stuff that you're going to have under the tree is already the rail part of that is probably already over mm-hmm. in in most of these things. But there are a lot of. I mean, I think obviously there are a lot of other supply chain issues that will have an impact going later. About thirty percent of the nation's freight, when measured by weight and distance traveled, moves by rail and you know there's only there's only so much you can put on trucks compared to rail so this is this is talking about a, a huge impact to the economy just if it goes on for a week at this point um 
and and then obviously agricultural goods, food spoilage, uh, gasoline. Um, you know, real. I mean, they they use pipelines to to produce or to move, to move along you know gas diesel jet fuel that kind of stuff but railroad tank cars are still a big part of the process that happens like ethanol that goes into the gas mm-hmm. that's coming from rail at this point as well um and we were talking about this in the fall when it would happen that probably would have been a bigger deal for some of the food supply line food supply issues just because the timing with harvest at this point but obviously you still have plenty of other year-round products you know grains those sorts of things that need to go around for car prices car supply line issues manufacturing and then and then probably not many people here that are hearing this are impacted this but there's also a ton of people who commute by rail um that would be impacted by this as well so obviously something that could be very significant economically probably more so than not being able to get the Christmas presents that are going to be under the tree. Uh, I think that'll, that'll probably be okay. Um, all right, let's see. What else do we want to get to? Well, and, and then, of course, today is the day that we can all get back to our offices and get on the Internet for the first time since last Wednesday. It's the first time that you get to your office, and now you can go online and do some holiday shopping. I'm sure you haven't had a chance to do that yet. That's why we call this Cyber Monday. And, of course, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because that was the case in, like, uh, like 1996 <laughs> when, uh, when, when it really was. That was where you got online uh, at, on Monday at work, and that's when you did any online shopping. Obviously, you've been doing it on, potentially doing it on your phone or your your computer at home for a lot. We have at least over the course of the last several days. But nonetheless, the deals are still there here on this Cyber Monday. This year, retailers started their holiday sales, including online, as early as October. Though Cyber Monday is when some companies offer deep discounts on electronics. Research firm Adobe Analytics says last year, consumers spent $10.7 billion on Cyber Monday with toys, video games, and electronics among the top-selling categories. Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout, says it's also a big day for scammers. Look at your bills, look at your receipts, and make absolutely sure that everything you thought you bought, you actually bought. Consumer Reports recommends you use apps to track prices and stick to a budget. Ginny Cosola, Fox News. You know, it's it's interesting because my, my daughter, she always wakes up early, uh, and on, on Friday, she said, Dad, let's go let's go do some Christmas shopping. It's you know, it's Black Friday. We'll maybe there'll be some deals out there. We can just kind of look around. I was like, that's fine. I'll I'll probably be up pretty early anyway. And so we printed out the list of all the stores and what time they opened, um, and and did that. And you know, it was crazy. It's crazy how much Black Friday has changed in the last decade. Um, I mean it it used to be that there were just lines outside of your targets and your mm-hmm. Walmarts and and just crazy there um or Best Buy or or wherever you you would pick um huge newspaper ad things that would come out we bought a newspaper just to like look at some of that there was no target there was no Walmart in it it was weird like a bunch of the places didn't even have it and we got out there and we we're like there's barely anybody here this morning, which would have been unheard of in, you know, 2014, 2015. And, and it wasn't, you know, the internet was still around. That's the weird thing is like the internet was still around. Then obviously plenty of people were Mm -hmm. online shopping in 2014, 
I, I think it's just a, a little bit of a combo of, it's a combo of a lot of things. Number one, I think Amazon Prime and the shipping with that really changed things. Yeah. And catching up to that. Um, and the ease of doing it on smartphones, I think, mm-hmm. probably made that a, a better option for a lot of people. I think some of the blowback from making employees work crazy, you know, either Thanksgiving Day. Some of the places were opening up Thanksgiving Day yeah. for a while. Or the middle of the night, Thanksgiving like Black Friday night. opens at 10 p.m. Yeah, they would do Day. all of that. And I think there was a little bit of the sort of public blowback and, and blowback from workers, and, and that got hard to do. And then, of course, COVID. Mm-hmm. I think it must have been all of those things. And it totally changed the in-person shopping experience yeah. on on Black Friday. But it used to be they would have those doorbusters at like a Walmart. And in in Lincoln, you had you had no shot at getting in them unless you really planned. People were camping really out got, for yeah, them. yeah, like uh, yeah. And you you had video games, electronics. You yeah, know, the TVs. electronics, the TVs was yeah. were, were the big one. The gaming systems. Um, I think another big change is that yes, the internet was around, but we've seen more extension of Black Friday. We talked about yeah, how Black, Black Friday stuff almost began as soon as you got to Halloween. Yeah. You know? So yeah. so you have the extension right. of that and people thinking they're already getting deals. It's hard to tell when they're yeah, when the deals are happening and not happening. And I think people supposedly. just didn't want to be part of you would see the stampedes at Walmart on right. on TV and Some stuff. Some people like, kinda like that, but yeah. Man, that was the part it of just the experience. Nuts. Yeah. Um, then there's this story. This is an insane story uh, near the Gulf Coast in the United States, uh, near New Orleans. So that's one of the ports for cruises. They they come and leave there. And um, a cruise ship where a man went missing after excusing himself from, from the bar while having a drink. And after a little while, family started to realize, hey, where did he go? Well, guess what? Fell off the dang boat. <laughs> And this story does not end like you think it's going to. It was not even known that he had gone overboard until the next afternoon. And yet he was spotted keeping himself afloat in the dark waters of the Gulf. It is believed that the man had been treading water for up to 21 hours at that point. The Coast Guard had rushed in to organize a rescue after a cargo ship spotted the man. Again, that was about 20 miles from the mouth of the Mississippi River. In a statement, the Coast Guard Rescue Mission Coordinator for the New Orleans sector shared this, quote, It took a total team effort from Coast Guard watchstanders, response crews, and our professional maritime partners operating in the Gulf of Mexico to locate the missing individual and get him to safety. 22 hours? Wow. In open water? That's insane. That is that is crazy. Like you go I, I guess at some point you would go back, like if you took swimming lessons as a kid, I remember one of the things you had to do to pass some of the levels of swimming lessons is do like the, they called it like the dead man's float, mm-hmm. where you would just, you wouldn't use any injury and you would just kind of let your arms and legs dangle and you could float yeah. on top. You'd have to do that at some point because you're not treading water in the, oh, you, I mean, best shape of your life i mean still you're exhausted after 22 hours you got nothing left and i'm exhausted to keep that going uh 22 seconds of (laughs) of doing that but that's incredible sounds like you know dehydrated tired all those things but other than that the the guy is okay now how he ended up overboard i don't know that we have answers to that yet Mm -hmm. but that's crazy um let's see here got a couple more we'll finish off with um how about that? Oh, yeah. 
you, you know those guidelines, those those big water bottles that, that people carry around, you know, you're supposed to get, they're trying to get eight or ten or mm-hmm. uh, servings of eight ounces of water a day. There's some science now saying, wait, you may be drinking actually too much water. You may be too hydrated in some cases. The familiar guideline, eight glasses of water a day, probably isn't necessary for everyone. Researchers at the University of Aberdeen in Scotland say most people could use a glass or two less because about half our daily water intake comes from food. Professor John Speakman telling BBC Radio, people tend to underreport how much they eat, so the original recommendation from small sample studies is based on a miscalculation. The Scottish researchers, collaborating with others, studied more than 50 5,600 people from 23 countries, finding some had a higher water turnover rate and would need to drink more water, including athletes, those living in hot and humid environments, young men and breastfeeding women. But it's not one size fits all. Lisa Brady, Fox News. All right. And last but not least, big movie weekend. What one at the box office? Let's find out. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, taking the top spot for a third week. The superhero flick with 64 million in ticket sales during the Wednesday through Sunday holiday period. But Disney's new animated adventure film had a disappointing debut. Our entire world is in grave danger. I want you to come with me on an expedition. I'm not my father. He was the explorer. Strange World selling just over $18.5 million worth of tickets after a $180 million production budget. The war epic Devotion in third place with $9 million in ticket sales over the holiday weekend. Kathleen Maloney, Fox News. All right, there you go. Wakanda Forever is good. My son went and saw it this weekend. Real good. I enjoyed it. All right. At 6.56, we will take a break. That is it for your sound off. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And for traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back, 711 LNK Today. Glad to have you with us on uh, this post Thanksgiving weekend Monday. Getting back into the swing of things. Uh, yeah, and I'm just trying to get used to the uh, the the post football flow of this show. No fantasy Huskers, no Friday Husker tailgate this That's week. Right. It's all all kind of kind of back to the normal calendar. We're going to tell you a little bit more about something special we've got planned for the return of Request Line Friday coming up later this week. Uh, but of course, the news of the weekend locally and around the state is the announcement from the University of Nebraska Athletic Department that Matt Rule will lead the Nebraska football team going forward, the former Baylor, Carolina Panthers, and Temple head coach. Uh, originally born in New York City, by the way, played college football at Penn State. He's a New Yorker. Uh, he's a yeah, East, Coast, uh, East Coast guy. Um, but we'll get to learn, I think, a lot more about him today in just kind of a chance to get a sense of 
of who he is, how he how he communicates, uh, what he's about. Um, if you haven't necessarily sought that stuff out before, it'll be very fascinating, I think, to see that today. I, I, I'm curious. I think uh, the the question is, what do we most want to get out of the introduction today? Which, by the way, you can hear on KLI and the press conference itself is scheduled to start at one thirty, but we're going to have coverage from the network starting at twelve thirty today. Um, Caleb, we talked about this before, but I I think just in terms of having a specific question answered, the number one and top question probably has to be generally about the staff and more specifically about how much of the current staff do you retain? Mm -hmm. And even more specifically than that, does Mickey Joseph have a place on that? Do you think we get, do you think we'll have an answer on that today? I guess, first of all, I think we will. I think we will. And I think a big part of that is that you had the whole weekend to have those conversations. Um, Now, is Mickey part of that staff and then someone comes in and offers him a head coaching job somewhere else at a group of five school? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Mickey Joseph wants to go do that. But uh, I think for right now, on November 28th, you come out and say Mickey Joseph is part of part of the staff right now. Again, he could make that decision to go somewhere else and, and, and have a bigger role than being one of the assistants. And I don't know if he would still be associate head coach. Um, it sounds like Matt Rule's bringing in a guy who was his recruiting coordinator down at Baylor, so you don't know where Mickey falls into mm. those plans on how That's... that recruiting shakes out. But yeah, how much do you? Th- how much does that put a a, a a a dent in the idea that that if if that hire actually happens, how much does that put a dent in the idea that Mickey stays here? Is that that doesn't rule? I don't it think. Out, I don't think it, 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 it put. I don't think it puts too much of a damper into it. Um, it's more on. I would have to see how those two coaches can put together their recruiting philosophies because we we know where Mickey's at on it being kind of really elite guys that he he's going to go after. He kept that 2023 class together, um, got the commitment from Malachi Coleman, but then you saw Matt Rule go and right away offered Jalen Lloyd, who's one of the best track. Who you, I think of as for track yeah, almost is, more than football. He's one of the best track athletes in the country. But if you put him on a football field, like he's not bad. Like he's pretty good. One wouldn't think so when we hear that fast. Um, so, and that, well, that was one of the reasons that you had the Chip Kelly Oregon stuff go so well. A lot of their skill position guys were on the Oregon track team. Mm-hmm. They were 400 guys. Mm-hmm. So those are guys that are built to just get point A to point B and go. Mm-hmm. And that's what you needed with that Chip Kelly style Oregon offense. And I think. That's what Matt Rule likes when you can get guys that can go point A to point B faster than anyone else. They're big and athletic. Um, and Jalen Lloyd fits that. That's one of those guys. Malachi Coleman fits that. We saw the race between them, <laughs> did we not? Right. The two fastest, the two fastest uh, high school students in the state. So it will, it'll come down to, does Mickey Joseph meld well with what Matt Rule and his potential other recruiting coordinator what their philosophy is going forward. So I'm hearing you say that it's a it's kind of a two-way street here. It's does will rule have a spot for him and does Mickey want that spot? Right. Which I, I guess there's kind of been an assumption that Mickey would want that spot, but you make a good point that, you know, and I know Mickey doesn't have a ton of experience, but his name is probably out there publicly a lot more now than it was 3 months ago. And for instance, I mean, there's a chance, and I don't know if if he would be on their list, but like a Tulane 
might open up. Mm-hmm. Um, Willie Fritz is is going to be one of the hottest candidates, I think, uh, for for maybe some some jobs. I know he's been mentioned for Georgia Tech. If he gets hired, you've got Tulane, and you got a New Orleans native right there who mm-hmm. could be one of the hot head coaches, yep. and who knows the area incredibly well. In in Mickey Joseph, would they would they reach out? I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know if he's still kind of green enough in the head coaching world that he wouldn't be on the list of some of those schools at Atlanta. I saw like, not that I think he's a candidate here, but like Western Michigan just fired their coach. The, there's going to be a lot of dominoes that fall in the next, you know, in the, in the next minutes and hours, probably right. frankly, in the, in the coaching world. So, but th- those are the type of destinations of that are going to call Mickey Joseph. The Arizona state thing was never going to happen. Yeah, right. It, it, it's not going to be even, even Cincinnati, like those types of places are not going to be who calls Mickey Joseph no, probably right not. now. No, probably not. It's going to be, a Tulane, a Western Michigan. It's going to be right. some of these other, these group of five schools that haven't had an overwhelming amount of success, but they've mm-hmm. done pretty well, maybe. Um, and it'll be region specific for sure when yes. you think of like Tulane and New Orleans and Louisiana. No doubt. Recruiting down there. No doubt. So the, the one part of it is, does he have other opportunities now or later? And then the other part is, is it something that, that rule wants to do i think there's a hope and and i would say i have the hope too that they can find a way that all sides are are happy with with him staying a part of the program because i mean let's be honest honest you know a part of it is that i think we're all just endeared to him Mm -hmm. to some degree and we're impressed with you know despite the results not being what anyone wanted when he came in as an interim coach i think i think most of us still come out thinking even more of him than we did going into that where we maybe just didn't know still a ton Mm -hmm. about him and and a desire to have him his influence continue to be on the program um but it's just it's there there have been times where it seems like yeah obviously they're going to figure out a way for him to stay i don't know that it'll be that easy i i hope it is but i just don't know that it'll be so that'll be number one and then the rest of the staff too are there other the the only ones that i could kind of see potentially continuing to be a part if they want some carryover from the old staff. I think of Bill Bush, mm-hmm. um, because Bush has said he's he's staying in Lincoln no matter what, right? Yeah, if he's <laughs> and here. So you, find, you find a spot find a spot for him, even if it's not defensive coordinator, maybe, for a little continuity. And and then may, Applewhite seems to be a guy who's really been, really been aggressive with the recruiting. I kind of see him as as uh joining the hip with Mickey Joseph a little bit on the recruiting stuff mm-hmm. and so maybe that would be another one but I don't I don't think there will be I mean I honestly don't think it'll be all three of them but we'll see uh we'll see but Those I think that's Those are the three that I be. pinpointed when you were looking at who would be part of the staff going forward regardless of who the next coach was. Right. This was even pre-announcement on it being Matt Rule, was those were the three that you had to get in contact mm-hmm. with. Whether or not you kept all three or two out of the three, those are your ones that that meet the level that you would bring them back. Yeah. Then the the other questions then beyond the staff, uh, um, I'm kind of just curious, not only what his, his, just his philosophy is, but which probably stays standard, but stays, stays stable throughout his coaching stops. But I especially am curious what he thinks his, his kind of X's and O's strategy, his style is going to be, is it going to be different in the big 10 than it might've been at a Baylor, right? Or, or at a Carolina, mm-hmm. for that matter, or or Temple, and what he envisions the the identity of this team to be on the field, um, offensively and defensively. Yeah. but he's you know he's kind of a 
if, if you look at his numbers in the past, he's kind of about a 55, 60% run guy over pass, but fairly balanced. Um, you know, not, uh, you don't see anything, not a huge like quarterback run offense, not anything that's, that's super, I, I, mean, I don't know if I dare call it a pro style. I don't know if that's right or not. I'm not sure exactly even how to define his identity completely when it comes to offense. And that probably, you know, there's probably some impact. There's definitely some impact on who comes in to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah. What's with the play well. calling going but to what, look like? But that that's the second biggest question I have is what, what vision for an identity and for a style does he have for Nebraska? And, and how does the Big Ten impact that? It's now, obviously, it's it's now been um, very much repeated and noted what Scott Frost said at his opening press conference, where he said the Big Ten is going to have to adapt from us. Uh, it wasn't that. We talked about this, on the I think, on the tailgate show, didn't we? Where Mickey Joseph said if there was one thing um, that he learned during his time as head coach, he said, is you've got to adapt to the conference. He said the exact opposite thing, mm-hmm. which is interesting. What, is that, what does that look like exactly, um, especially if Mickey's in Matt Rule's ear about that? What, is that? what does that look like? Does that mean, you know, and obviously, I don't think you've got to be in the Big Ten or anywhere to agree. You've got to have really good line play. Yeah. But that's not, yeah. uh, I mean, I think we all, some people act like, well, you know, I've got this real unique idea. How about we have a good offensive line? Well, of course. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but but do you try and sort of, because let's be honest, the, the Iowa's, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, and even Minnesota to a degree all have a really similar, Michigan too, to be honest, mm-hmm. all have a really similar identity. Uh, offensively, at least, and and to some degree, their entire team is kind of built on that whole thing. Is it important to sort of join them? Is it okay to distinguish yourself from that identity? Keep in mind the big the Big Ten is going to be a different world pretty soon. It's not like you at UCLA yeah, and USC are going to come in doing that. Well, and you're not going to be set up specifically with the Big Ten West, right? And because how does that change it? Yeah, yeah. what are the divisions going to look like? Because when, the when, East is all over the place. Yeah, so so what are things going to look like? Who are your... You're still going to be facing Iowa every year. Like, you can pretty much plan on yeah. that. Like, you're going to have some 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 consistency in facing the Big Ten West teams, but how much are you going to change that offensive yeah. philosophy? I'm also interested to know, is anything on the defense going to change? Defense is lived yeah. by kind of the bend-don't-break. Is there going to be something where you're a little bit more aggressive? Right. Um, and, and Nebraska got more aggressive on Saturday or Friday. Now you could because Nebraska, Iowa did not have anything that was going to threaten you from a quarterback standpoint. So you could load up the box. You could live with a lot of one on ones on the outside. Is that something that maybe they do more of going forward? I yes. don't know. Well, we'll see what Matt Rule brings to. That. And Matt Rule's, I mean, uh, his background is mostly as an assistant. As he came up, was on the defensive side of the ball. Started out at uh, as a linebacker, defensive line coach at Buffalo. He was actually a defensive line coach at UCLA for a year. Um, Western Carolina for a year, special teams and linebackers. Then was associate head coach at Western Carolina. Uh, then he actually was the running game coordinator at Western Carolina, but also the linebackers coach. What? Um, <laughs> Temple, he started as a defensive line coach. Then Temple, he went to quarterbacks coach. Then he was the offensive coordinator at Temple. Normally, you don't see a, a uh, head coaching candidate, you kind of go through and you look at their their background. Uh, we did some of this on the Friday Husker tailgate. They're kind of a defensive-oriented guy or an offensive-oriented guy. He's got almost equal – he's coached almost every position 
at at some level uh, during his coaching career, back since the late 90s, when he started his defensive line uh, coach with Buffalo. He's done defensive line. He's been a running game coordinator. He's been an offensive coordinator. He's been a special teams coach. He's been a linebacker's coach. He's been a quarterback's coach. He's been a tight ends coach. He's been an offensive line coach. I mean, all over. He's done all of those things, which is kind of unique about him, too. So you don't quite know sort of where he... he at, like, Scott Frost, offensive guy, right? Mm-hmm. Bo Pelini, defensive guy. Uh, it's a little harder to put him kind of pigeonhole him into sort of that area that his his expertise uh, which is interesting i think in this whole thing so anyway we will find out more about matt rule coming up again some of those questions answered i don't know how many and then the other thing real quick before we take the break caleb and this obviously isn't necessarily going to come out during the press conference today but then is the question we already know trey palmer's um future uh yep. probably the next huge one is casey thompson um, and then there's probably a group of about five guys after that yeah. where you wonder, are they are they transferring? Are they staying? Are they going pro? You know, A.J. Allen is probably the next one that I've got on my list as well, uh, the running back who was injured earlier this year. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of guys on there. So. The reaction by current players and commits, very different in Lincoln as opposed to what's going on in Madison. Where they're mad, yeah. right? They're mad, putting the mad in Madtown. Yeah, they wanted Leonard, and they were they thought they clinched it when they beat Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But you also can't blame their administration for doing what they did either, mm-hmm. going for experience. All right, 726, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. All right, it is time to count them down. So let's get started with number five. Matt Rule's been hired as Nebraska's next head football coach. Vice Chancellor and Director of Athletics Trev Alberts will introduce him officially at a news conference here in Lincoln at 1.30 this afternoon. Uh, we'll be carrying that uh, announcement uh, here mm-hmm. on 1499.3. Yeah, and uh, Caleb and I just got real extensively, in, real extensively into that and the, what we're curious about from the press conference, more about uh, rules, so we're not going to delve way back into it again here. But yeah, uh, just again, noting that you can hear it on KLIN uh, network coverage. Uh, press conference at one thirty, pre- pregame. You call it pregame. I don't know. Pregame at twelve thirty, right? Right. So yep. pl- plenty of uh, plenty of early early stuff here. And and for those who um, in, in, and uh, Caleb and Cole did a great job. They happen to be live on the air. It's perfect timing with Husker Hour. I know one announcement. You can you can hear the the podcast there. But the one thing we have heard from Rule, uh, if you were listening to Husker Hour, you were able to hear this. He did go on ESPN's College Game Day like an hour or so after it had been announced that he was hired and did a did a very short interview at that point um from his looked like just his holding his cell phone mm-hmm. um at that point so it was something that looked like it was set up pretty quickly to to get him on and savvy move there by Nebraska to get him in front of a lot of people right away with timing the announcement that way um, Caleb, anything that you took away? I know it's short and, and there isn't much, but anything you took away from those initial comments that he had? Well, he, he talked a lot about how he develops players and how many guys he put in the league from Temple and Baylor and not just getting guys to the league, but putting them in a position to get a second contract. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal when you go from that rookie contract to your first real contract, uh, the amount of money that comes from that. So 
that that's one of the big things that he put more guys in the NFL in his few years at Baylor than Nebraska did yeah. over that same time stretch. Mm-hmm. Nebraska had a uh, a draft streak end and just has not had a whole lot of top three round guys over the last decade plus. How do you get back to that? Because when you've got guys that are playing well and they're a first or second day NFL draft pick, well, your team's probably pretty good if you put a number of guys there each year. So it's getting back to that part. And I think that's the part that Rule's going to lean on when he does when he does go into recruiting about how he's going to bring guys in. Didn't matter the stars. He developed guys into pros. And if you do have the stars, he's going to take you even further. All right, so there you go. Eight-year contract? Yes, eight-year contract. We'll learn. that. I guess that's the other thing uh, that we didn't talk about, the, the dollars and the cents, but it'll be interesting when we find out a little bit more detail about that that contract as well. He's in a unique situation because he's getting paid his buyout from Carolina right now. Uh, I haven't read the contract, but those who are familiar with it have said that it wouldn't be odd if this was the case, that there's a stipulation in it that it, during that buyout, which I believe is ten million over four years, ten million a year, right? ten million a year over yeah, four yeah, years. Yeah. yeah, sorry, ten million a year over forty million total. That he that it will be offset by a current salary that he's making, and that if he's not making, if he doesn't take what fair market value would be, that he'd be in violation of the contract. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I wonder if Nebraska uses that to their advantage at all in the way if they kind of play around the edges on that. Or if they just go straight and say, "This is your salary every year for each of the eight years," that'll be that'll be kind of interesting to me too. But I'm hearing some big numbers, big yeah, numbers. Yeah, is fair market value to start out six and it escalates? I think you could get away with on? six. I just I don't know if if there if if rule would be worried that Carolina would go after him if he accepted a contract like that and say, hey, this is what you're very clearly playing around the edges, so you're not taking fair market value because if you get nine later in your contract, it, it, it's, a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of legal stuff, but th- that'll be interesting. But th- I'm thinking, I mean, I think there's going to be something not too far from, from $10 million a year on there, at least yeah. for some of the years. Hey, if you're Carolina and you were going to pay $40 million and you end up paying fifteen, that's a win. Yeah. All right, All right moving on. Number four. Hey, Osborne is the chair of the Wyuka Board of Trustees. She and all other members of that board voted to approve Wyuka Southwest Side there corner for the Pershing mural that's been in storage for a month or so. Uh, Lincoln Journal stars Margaret Reist. Wish it away and Margaret Reist of Has got a complete uh, detailed story. They're going to remodel and revise uh, part of that uh, area around the pond there at the southwest side of Wyuka, and that's where the mural will be re-muraled. Yeah, th- so I saw this, uh, th- they did like an artist's rendering of this thing uh, that that I've had a chance to see, so it looks, you know, it's just kind of a freestanding, it's kind of a freestanding deal, and you, you know how big the mural is, people who are listening who probably have seen it, so it'd be a large, and then just sort of a little walking area slash stage um, right in front of it, the entire length of of the mural, with it looks like steps that would be leading up to it. So you could, and then a, a bit of a seating area. So I know when Liz Shay McCoy was in here talking to us about this when they were first trying to raise the money, this sounds like what they had imagined at the event center, Mark, yeah, um, it- where she kind of envisioned it being kind of an outdoor. I don't know if amphitheater is the right word, but an outdoor an outdoor place where you could 
use it to do presentations to yep. to those sorts of things to as well. events or what have you. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because Waiuka has been very um, very intentional. I think about you know using these grounds that they've got, which I mean, let's be honest, it's a it's a cemetery. Um, but using the grounds in the area of it for a variety of things, um, and and this kind of goes toward that mission more. Um, it may not, I, I, you know, I, you don't necessarily think of something like that with the cemetery, but they're trying to make it a very comfortable place to, you know, have a, what they were talking about a park and a picnic area, play area. For kids, those yep. sorts of things. It's just in a place that's otherwise a cemetery. It's just hard to conceptualize a cemetery as a destination location. Yeah, uh, yes, that's that's what I'm trying yeah. to say in a in yeah. in a kind way. But hopefully it will be. Hopefully it'll all work out. Uh, Chris Lofgren's in here. Looks like he's got something to add to the discussion here. Go ahead. Yeah, they've they've done quite a bit of work, and I don't know if you recall, but they redid the carriage house in the area. Yeah, and that that's great what I was talking about. Some of the, space. A rec- yes, lots of people use lot it for that. Yep, they've really. Been, that's what I was in, 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 referring to when I was saying they've been really intentional to make it have a feel that is something user friendly, user friendly that you wouldn't necessarily associate with the with cemetery. A, exactly, and this kind of goes toward that same yep. thing too. Yep, it does. They've had events, you know, out in that that. Chat Apple that they've got out yeah. there as well, um, those sorts of things and that I are think not funeral related. If I remember right, when they talked about doing this, Wayuka was, or at least part of that area, was the first park in Lincoln. Okay, that, that ground, and uh, so it kind of fits with a park theme, and then of course they're using it for more yep. aesthetic events. Yep. Thirty-eight foot by one hundred forty foot mural. So, yeah, uh, that'll, be, that'll be big. Thank you, Chris. I you appreciate the insight there. Bottom line on this whole thing, you know, I'm I'm glad everybody found a solution that is that is workable because this had to be a a, a, a frustrating process. Where first of all, you were concerned that you you know you weren't going to get the money raised in time. Then you did. You thought you had a place. You didn't have a place. Then you ran into another dead end with the city, and that wasn't working out. And the city kind of felt bad, but it just wasn't something they were able to do. I'm glad that I, I'm glad that they came up. They ca- you know they came to a solution with this with this thing. I you know I wasn't one of the people that was really fiery and passionate about needing to keep this thing. But if there were people who wanted to, absolutely go for it. And I think it's it's cool to preserve that part of this history, well, so. especially since the city and the parks department uh, declined. Right. Right. To, uh, to get yeah. Involved. They it was just kind of roadblock after roadblock for a while on this thing. All right, moving on. Number three. Road to Omaha for Nebraska Volleyball begins right here in Lincoln this week. Uh, the selection show was last uh, evening, and you're the number two seed in the Louisville quarter. So they'll have to go through, probably, I guess, unless Louisville gets upset at some point, you'll have to go through Louisville, Kentucky. Former Husker Danny Buswin was the coach there. They've had a ton of success. They've been really good in the NCAA tournament. Um and you know, uh, didn't Nebraska? Nebraska played them last year, didn't they? Am I right about that in the regular season? I want to say I'll check that. Louisville, find that out. Yeah, yeah, they played last year. Yeah, last year it was. Um, Caleb and I both think this is probably this is no disrespect to Louisville, but given that the other one seeds are Wisconsin, Texas, and Stanford, um, and you know Nebraska's issues lately with Wisconsin and Stanford in particular. Uh, I'd rather see them in Omaha 
than on their home courts. Yeah, it's a it's so, a it's a massive win when you look at the draw. It's the for best. It. It's as it's as good of a draw as you could have had as a two seed. Yes. in my opinion. Um, especially when you look at where Nebraska went into the last weekend, chance to win the Big Ten, chance to still be a top four seed. Which I think had Nebraska won out, they may have snuck up there. Yeah, I think they probably would have. Um, but but then you lose out. You've got the injuries. Yeah, this is as good a draw as you could have for Nebraska, who kind of limped to the regular season finish against a couple of top ten teams. Um, you start out with Delaware State this week. Most likely, then you'll play number seven Miami, unless they lose to Kansas. Um, that second match would be on Friday, and then you go to Louisville next week. Mm-hmm. I think you're set up really, really well there. Most likely, you'll be playing. Um, what is it? Oregon, Oregon, I believe. Yeah, Oregon. If the if the seed holds. Yeah, if the seed holds, you'll play Oregon. The other seeded team there is Arkansas, who's the six. And then Louisville, but Louisville's got a tough second match. They have Purdue. Yeah, they have Purdue in the second in, in, match. In their initial region. Yeah, Purdue was no stranger to, to facing top five teams on the road. Yeah. Right? And, and Nebraska's handled them this year, but, you know, it's a, that's a tough second round match for, for Louisville, I think, if you're a one seed overall. Bottom line, though, beyond all the matchups, is the bigger question really is can Nebraska recover from. You know, you, you could tell losing Kenzie Knuckles really impacted this weekend. And then in the final game between the letdown uh, after Wisconsin, not having Kenzie, not having Nicklin Hames, mm-hmm. which I think they you know they expect to get Nicklin Hames back, but right. not having both of them, and it was kind of it was a little bit predictable what happened yeah. against the combination of the emotion of losing that game, the emotion of senior night, not having either of the those key players on the court. But they're going to have to. They're going to have to play a lot better than they did this weekend, and they're going to have to figure mm-hmm. out how to do it without Kenzie Knuckles because that's a man. What a what a crap! And she had just a few days, like two days earlier, said yeah. that she wasn't going to come back for her COVID year. So, really, really disappointing situation there. All right, moving on. Number two. Well, this happened last Thursday, actually, at Maryland Moore Middle School. It was the eighth graders that found out. The mascot for the new Standing Bear High School that'll open next fall, Standing Bear Grizzlies, is what it is. The colors charcoal, Carolina blue, and navy blue. I put a copy of it right there on the uh, show sheet for everybody to see. Um, yeah, we have the, we know this came out a while ago, but we haven't yep. talked about it yet. And we do have the the actual logo uh, posted. To looks Caleb. a little. I mean, looks a little Memphis Grizzlies esque, doesn't it, Caleb? It does. Uh, the one that Mark posted. Um, that's at KLIN.com. But I, li- I liked going to I I kind of liked the Cubs, uh, but that wasn't gonna wasn't gonna happen. Uh, so I do like I do like the Grizzlies. I like Grizzlies for this. Yeah, I I like and and the colors are. It's a little hard to set yourself apart with the colors, but I thought one of the two schools. I thought it would be more likely the North School would use the light blue. Um, just kind of with the the proximity. To, this was this is kind of a weird train of thought, but proximity to the airport. We had talked about the aviators, the mm-hmm. sky. I thought yeah. maybe there'd be some kind of a motif there. But Standing Bear ended up going that way, and the uh, and the Falcons uh, ended up going with purple. So, a couple more additions there, and they get started next fall. Next fall. There's a lot. I a lot. Same thing happened with Northwest, but a lot of kids and families trying to make some decisions now about. You're right? Do you go? Mm-hmm. Do you go? Do you take one of those early classes, early spots there? Do you stick where you would have been? Do you keep siblings together? And then probably some questions too. You know where Northwest decided they weren't going to have a senior class this first year. They don't have a senior class. Does Does Standing Bear do the same thing? That's 
probably likely, yeah. but that came after they kind of did a survey and to see what kind of interest there was in something like that. So those are kind of the next questions to be answered. And will they ever open up 70th Street so people can get there? <laughs> I like that logo, though. That, that's pretty sweet looking. And by the way, by then, the South Beltway will be open. Yes. And that's going to change a lot of right. yeah. growth into that area. That'll be right off an exit to the South Beltway. That's right. Yeah, that, pl- that area... <laughs> I just, mean, just it's like the Mauna Loa volcano this morning. To the ex- yeah, to the extent land is available, that is, it is going to be so fast. The way some of that is going to get developed, um, with just going from so few people there to just scads of people between the school, between the South Beltway, uh, and everything else, and it's going to be a huge change, and, and I think a good change for it'll the city. It'll be interesting to see what kind of commercial development also takes place. Right, that's what I. Yeah, that's the besides the, I, the residential, which is right, exploding anyway. Right, yeah, I was, and I was talking about the, the commercial there, but residential is has been residential has been happening in that direction. Absolutely. Number two, Florida woman has filed a five million dollar lawsuit against Kraft Heinz, alleging the company misled consumers about how long it takes to prepare. They're Velveeta microwavable mac and cheese. So they violated the law when they said it took three and a half minutes. I don't know what law that is. She's looking for uh, five million in damage. I mean, if that's true, how many times have you taken, like, put something in an oven, like a cake mix or something, and it doesn't, it's not, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, that needs 10 more minutes. That isn't even close at that point. Should I have been suing all of those times? Yes. I mean, I should have been aware of this, shouldn't I have? Yes. Vel- Velveeta. Velveeta mac and cheese, huh? I used to, I, when I was in college, those little, micro, they had just come out with those little microwavable Easy Macs. Yeah. And then my kids, all, that was a go-to for my kids, too. You just but fill, you put, fill, fill the water, water to, the to the line, and there's that macaroni and that weird powder, whatever that is. I don't, <laughs> don't want to know. Uh don't want to know. And then you, you microwave it. It almost boils over, but it just doesn't. <laughs> then you put the cheese, the magic cheese powder in there and stir it all up. Every microwave in college smelled like that. I had so many of those in college. And then a few <laughs> years later, uh, so many of those is a go-to for, for my son, especially. <laughs> he was a big fan of those. All right. That's it for your morning drive. Brought did you, hear, to, did you oh, hear yeah. that uh, you know, Heinz also makes the ketchup? Yeah. And uh, there was one time when I got ketchup in my eye. Yeah. And it really helped my hindsight. All right. That's it for the morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance <laughs> and Wealth Management. It was in Lincoln News and Talk. I'll see myself out. 1499 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499 KLIN. Hi, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Uh, coming up next hour now, we have Dirk Chatlin. I'm going to tell you a little what I got planned for the comeback of Request Line Friday this week. So we'll uh, tell you that. Hey, by the way, check out the, uh, if you're doing some shopping today, Cyber Monday, you want to support local, uh, check out the KLIN Holiday Market. Go to KLIN.com. And we have got deals for a whole bunch of local places. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Harbor Coffee House, Greenfields, Make It, Take It, Maze, Popcorn, Saro Cider. Whole lot of opportunities there. Go to KLIN.com and get yourself a good deal while you're shopping today. 8 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 811, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you with us once again this 28th of November, 2022 kind of disappointing looking at the forecast here we got i mean today looks good 60s and sunny but then uh cold front comes in tomorrow looks a little messy it looks like the the real winter weather is going to stay north of us here in lincoln but areas to the north they're uh talking about potentially some snow here and then a decrease in temperatures um at least for a couple of days not i mean not all that bad we're in the 40s and, and even 50s again by next weekend but i feel that that one quick blast of cold weather that we got a uh, week or so ago week two weeks ago i was uh, it made me it made me not quite totally ready for for those sorts of things and again <laughs> being a regular dog walker now i am more aware of that than i ever have been in my uh, in my life um uh, so speaking of a couple of things speaking of being outdoors uh, we are again doing our caroling. Uh, we did this last year. We rented a bus. We went around the city of Lincoln, brought a bunch of our listeners out, and we just had some fun hanging out together, singing Christmas carols, making a scene, uh, <laughs> a good scene, a, a legal good scene. Um, and you know, it had a lot of people getting out their phones and saying, wow, it's a group of people caroling. I didn't know people did that anymore. Well, we do. We still do that here, and we think it's a just a fun way to kind of get together, meet some of you, get in the holiday mood. And so we are doing this again, and I, I know I mentioned this before, but I want to make 100% sure people are totally aware of this. So it's two weeks from yesterday that we're doing this, December 11th. Yes. It's a Sunday. Um, there's no cost to do this. That'd be weird. There's no cost to do this. It's just if you would like to do it, we would love for you to be a part of it. The only thing that we're asking is since we've got – um, limited uh, limited seats on the bus. The bus is only can only be so big. Uh, and and f- by the way, if we fill up the bus and we have other people who want to be a part of it, we'll figure out a way to make that happen. But we want to uh, get those numbers kind of nailed down. So all we ask that you do, if you're thinking about coming, if you think you would like to be a part of this, it's going to be late Sunday afternoon on the 11th. Um, and we're going to go a few few places in town, try and find some crowds. Um, we've got we've got some. We're going to have some lyric sheets uh, in just a fun afternoon. All we ask you to do is go to klin.com, uh, click on the link. There's a link that you'll see on the homepage at klin.com that'll ask just for your information, email address, and that sort of thing. Serves two purposes: number one, for us to be aware of our numbers, and then number two, to get you some more of the details that we're nailing down here in terms of the times, in terms of the logistics, and all of those sorts of things as well. But we're very excited about this. Uh, anybody, you don't have to be a star singer. Anybody can do it. Um, we didn't all have stars. You know, you hang or just be a part of the crowd. The more the merrier. Although I would say, if you are extra good with music, if you're the type of person either who has a, an amazing voice or somebody who has plays an instrument to the degree that you can just pick up when people are singing and sort of accompany them, and you can do that somehow. We would love for you to be a part yes, of this. We like, Even, we like, we want, we would love some ringers. <laughs> Everyone is welcome, but we would love some ringers in the group. And we would love the group to be big, to maximize the, the noise that we make. 
the joyful noise that we make uh, wherever that we're going. And then the the third thing I want to say about that, the only other thing I want to say is uh, you can also contact uh, me or contact us uh, if you have a a place um, where you would, you know, especially if you're a business owner or something like that, and you'd like us to make an appearance there, uh, I can't guarantee anything. I don't know what our route is going to be exactly, and there's some logistics with the bus. Uh, but if you'd like us to consider going someplace specific, uh, just let me know, and I'll I'll look into it, and I'll see if it's uh, if it's possible with this whole thing. So that's a plan. Again, uh, late afternoon. I'm sorry, I don't have exact times. It'll probably be like two to five or three to six or something like that. Uh, we'll nail that down, but it'll be in that range. But that afternoon, the 11th. Um, and we're going to have a good time doing it, and you'll get to meet the KLIN team, and uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I just want to know if you're coming at KLIN.com. Other thing that I want to mention, okay, we have heard, you know, we, we hear different things all the time when football season starts. And it's a, and I will completely admit it is always, it's always a difficult calculus whether we're deciding on programming whether i'm deciding what to talk about during a show those sorts of things because i answered multiple messages about this over the weekend did you (laughs) because there is uh, it it, it, obviously husker sports and especially husker football (laughs) i mean caleb i think i think you could ask the newspaper you could ask us you could ask anything it it gets ears, it gets eyes, it gets all of those things. We've got a high demand for that content and information. I also fully understand there are some people who are either very casual fans or not fans, and there's a point where that can be that can be too much. And so I'm always disappointed where we go, you know, th- that we can't make everybody happy with all of those things. Long way of saying... We heard some of you during the, the, the tailgate and saying, oh, this, this time of year when you only do football at that time, well, the football season's over now. So we're all in agreement now <laughs> that we can go back to normal on Fridays. And for those of you who are new to the show in the last, geez, Caleb, four, five months, four and a half months at this point, Fridays on this show um, became a... Big, unique, fun thing uh, where we did something that I don't think a lot of people do on talk radio, and it sounds simple, maybe even sounds a little dumb, but we found out that it just works, (laughs) and that is uh, using part of the show on Friday throughout the course of the show. We, We give you your news, right? We give you your information. We do our morning drive. We do all of those sorts of things. But we also take song requests, <laughs> and we've, we've did it uh, all the way from December to August of last year. Then we took a little break for the football season, mm-hmm. get, get, let the demand build back up, and we are ready to bring it back this week. So, Request Line Friday. And again, for those who don't know, or just to reorient you, sometimes we have a theme, sometimes we go wide open, whatever you want to hear. Now I think it's most appropriate, Caleb, for week one. We we don't we let people hear what they need to and hear, and that's what we did last year. It's yeah. What what have you been so, wanting to request? So uh, this Friday, the second request line Friday, season three, season premiere. <laughs> okay, so it is all going to start again, season uh, season three. I don't know yet. Obviously, we're probably going to get a couple weeks. I don't know if we'll do three, but a couple weeks of of Christmas music I at some point I really enjoyed last year 
the Christmas songs you love to hate and the Christmas songs you love to love. Um, so maybe we'll do that. Um, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. We'll we'll nail that down. But I do have a because we've got four Fridays until Christmas. Yeah. We so the first one is general, and then we have three Fridays after that. Do we yep. really want three Fridays of Christmas music? Do we do? Is that what we want? I don't know. This is an ongoing conversation with all of you, right? About this. I but I I know we did them last year, but I. But just, I mean, just the Bob Dylan Christmas album alone <laughs> on the Christmas album, uh, Christmas songs you love to hate last year was amazing. I, 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 I really want to go that direction again, but I'm open to ideas. I've got a new Christmas song to, uh, to request when we get to it. To the ones you love to love or love to hate? I think love to love. Okay. Because yeah. I watched the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. <laughs> okay. Um, Kevin Bacon. And then... Uh, I've got to. Uh, I've got another announcement about Request Line Friday. We are kicking off the season premiere of Request Line Friday with live music. Ooh, that's right. We are. Go- we have been talking with a local band called Dorothy's Dishes. Okay, and it's a it's a band that uh, formed in 2020. Actually, had the the first show during the pandemic, um, and kind of a mix of Americana singer songwriter country folk, those sorts of things. It's a very Lincoln band, friends and, and mutual friends. They they go to the same uh, churches in the area, but they're really, I've really been impressed with them. And they had been kind of saying, hey, could we, you know, it, I know one of the guys, they said, and I said, you know what, maybe we put you on for Request Line Friday, since we play music on those times anyway. So they're going to come on for just uh, they're just for one segment, uh, but they're going to do a little live music on Request Line awesome. Friday. So that'll be uh, that'll be seven ten on Friday. So we'll intersperse the songs throughout, obviously, as well. That'd and be great. I don't know if they could take requests. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have that going on. And they're uh, they got a new album that's coming out. So it's been a long time since we've had live music on uh have you have we ever had live music on a show that you've been not, here not for with me here i've had a couple of over the years of on lnk today with jack and friends i had uh the group um deep blue something was in town doing a show at like the rococo what and they did breakfast at tiffany's live in this studio with me what once. yeah all right that's a really weird <laughs> they, fact they did that so i've had him i've if you know who uh Jake Shimabukaro is. He's one of the best ukulele players in the uh-huh. world. Like all over YouTube. Just go to YouTube and and search him. He's performed live in here uh at this point. Um I probably had some other ones too that I'm I'm forgetting. But we need to make yeah. live music a normal thing. Here. I don't know. Maybe that can be a new part of season three. It, maybe we get a house band in here that can can actually play people's requests <laughs> during the show. Um I don't know, but that's gonna be something fun. So I tell you that all to say, guys, it is not too late, or too early, I should say. It is not too early to start getting your requests in for Friday. Oh, we've got a request. You already got one, the first one of the season. Can you tell me what it is? Brad and Fox Hollow. Requests, Baker Street. <laughs> okay, there we go. There we go. Yes. So, again, Friday can be anything. It doesn't have to be... a uh, you know, Christmas holiday song. I suppose it can be if you want it to, uh, but we're going to do more of that later. So I would save those. Mm-hmm. I would save those for later weeks. So yes, we are going to. <laughs> we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back for everybody to hear. I'm very excited about this whole thing. Um, 
and and some of the some of the themes that we hadn't had a chance to get to yet the, in the last season, we're going to get to this year as well. Pick uh, your favorite song from the new Taylor Swift album. Someone <laughs> say "Danger Zone." Let's get a little bread going, right? A little danger. Will da- okay? Yeah. Questions I've got. Will Danger Zone be requested? It's not Number. will, it's when. When. <laughs> right, when. Uh, how long will it take till someone requests sticks? Uh, you know, I... <laughs> How many how many novelty songs is Mark Vale going to try and squeeze in there? How big of an issue is that? Mm-hmm. Will we ever do another full novelty day to just get it out of the system? That's a fair question as well. Uh, but those are all things that we've got for you with our Questline Friday starting this Friday. Uh, all right. Hey, just a heads up to one more time uh, for people who are looking today for the Matt Rule press conference. Uh, if you are not by, you know, a, a TV or working, whatever, um, and you want to hear what happens, we will have it for you on KLIN and on the KLIN apps. You can yep. listen to it. Not only the the content of the press conference itself, but some comments at the beginning uh, at starting at twelve thirty, uh, where we'll have. I presume that'll be Gary and Damon, but I don't. Or excuse me, Greg and Damon, uh, but I don't know. All those sharps mix me up and the switching around. Uh, Greg and Damon. Uh, at the beginning of that, uh, d- doing a little lead up. I'm not sure, but I would. That's usually what they've done in the past, and then um, they'll give you a little kind of a setting the scene situation. Probably a little bit more information on that rule. Then we'll go to the actual press conference uh, where Trev Alberts will uh, uh, will introduce Matt Rule and maybe a little uh, little additional talk from with the network too afterwards that you won't get elsewhere. So I can tell you at 12:30 it will be Greg Sharp, Jessica Cootie, and Damon Benning okay. leading you all the way up to that. 1.30 official press conference. One thirty-two is actually the, the time Jeez. for it. but Scheduling that down to the minute. All right. Good to know. As an affiliate, Good we're know. in the know. So, so yeah. So th- th- I just wanted to mention that, too. If you're looking for the regular programming today, it will be preempted uh, due to breaking news coverage. Well, breaking news that we already know has happened. Uh, but the making it official. All right, 34 degrees in the capital city. We're going to grab a break. we got Dirk Chatlin coming up in 10 minutes. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatlin. I can confirm... Via photographic evidence from the Nebraska football Twitter account, Matt Rule has landed in Lincoln wearing a red tie. So, for whatever it's worth, he made it here. So, nothing, no last-minute breakdowns on this thing, apparently. And we've got, uh, looks like we got some media out there covering it as well. The family's along with him. they got people meeting him. And so, he is here, ready to go at one thirty, and to talk about that and more. Dirk Chatlin, Omaha World Herald, joins us today. Uh, good morning, Dirk. How you doing? Jack, I am doing well. It feels like we've reached the finish line uh, about, what, 77 days or something like that? Jeez. Uh, yeah. This yeah. Is, we... We we maximized our window here. We tried to uh, make this as entertaining as possible. Uh, we made lots of you know irresponsible predictions and <laughs> uh, proclamations, and, and we finally made it. We did, I, yeah. And, and in some ways, I feel relieved. But then the other thing is, like, I'm realizing, you know, when I go to church or or go, you know, run into some people at the grocery store, I don't have anything to talk about with them anymore. 
Like, uh, like I don't, I don't know how to have regular small talk at this point. So I've got to retrain myself instead of yeah. like you know breaking down Dave Aranda or something like that. I did. Uh, I did get pretty good at you know when they said when everybody would say who do you think they're going to hire and my response was I don't know. You know I, just, <laughs> I was. Yeah, I'm sure you've got a well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you really have to have a stock uh, response planned for that anywhere you uh, go. And uh, Thanksgiving, yeah. everything, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the last thing you want to be in life is someone who who people think is smart but actually isn't smart. <laughs> I mean, true. I think that that's that true. might be better than the other way around. Actually, uh, that's so true. Hey, let's go to him. He's got the info. I actually don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm just curious. Uh, well, l- let me ask you this question first. Uh, assuming rule was. I don't know if you, you know, first target uh, was on was somebody that Trev wanted, was somebody that Trev targeted here with this thing. Just given who Rule is, what his, you know, what his resume is, what do you think that says kind of about most what, what Trev was kind of looking for and what he was prioritizing in this search after you see that he's the hire? Well, the more that I read and listen and learn, uh, the more this you know, feels like a shoe in. Um, and I'm not saying Matt rule was the first choice, but I, I would be surprised if he wasn't, you know, one a or one B or one C because, um, he's, he's got those, those messaging principles, um, that Trev Alberts really, really likes. Uh, if you spend any time around Trev and I, and I have, he, he's, He's someone who really appreciates uh, professional polish, uh, messaging, you know, communicating um, sort of a mindset and a mentality, and and then you know executing it. And 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 rule is is big on on principles, uh, you know, catchphrases, all those coaching things that that maybe people outside of the realm of athletics might roll their eyes at a little bit, but. Uh, I think it works really well in rebuilding situations. He's, <laughs> he, he's really, really good. I mean, Jack, I'm probably going to use this for my column today, so don't run this on the radio. But uh, <laughs> he he reminds me a lot of Tim Miles, um, and in in a good way. You know, not not the way that you know people people sort of got tired of some of Miles' stuff over the years, and it was a little bit quirky. Uh, I don't think Rule is quirky, but I think Miles foundational gifts uh, are shared by rule and it's, it's primarily the ability to to express and sell vision um, and boy Nebraska football needs some vision right now so I think that appealed to Trev Alberts a great deal probably even more than than the actual record um, I think Trev was looking for a guy who who knew how to yeah. coach foundational football, yeah. uh, you know, fundamental football, but but also really knew how to sell it. Yeah, I get a sense that the interview, Caleb and I were just talking, and we, we were both talking about just, you know, when we ranked, we did the exercise everyone did of ranking the guys that we wanted, and but we were ranking them, you know, the vast majority of the information we were ranking them based off of was their resume, right? So I ended up with people like Lane Kiffin and Luke Fickle at, at the top of my list, and, the, and there might have been others, and I didn't have rule on my list. I get the sense, and it sounds like you do too, that the interview, the interaction, probably went as far in this in this decision as as the you know the the Wikipedia page did. 
essentially. No, yeah, it's it's a great way to to put it. Um, and I just think that you know, again, I think any athletic director would probably feel that way to some degree. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. Bill, Bill Moose would have felt that way. I mean, I think Tom Osborne would have felt that way to some degree. But I think it's even more important for Trev because mm. I, I think Trev. He just believes in that stuff. I mean, for better or worse, he he believes in in how you present yourself to your fan base, to your players, uh, to your fellow coaches. Um, you know, it. I think it drove Trev Alberts crazy that Scott Frost had a, had a dip in his mouth and you know and wouldn't wear a suit and tie. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think you know. I think when Matt Rule gets up there and, and delivers a motivational speech to his team. Um, you know, which again is what Nebraska needs right now. Uh, I, I think I think Trev Alberts probably looked at that and said, you know, that's that's the guy I want standing in front of my players. I, you know, I, Trev go he ahead. believes in that. He really believes in that stuff. Um, and and you know, I have questions about Rule. I mean, I have questions about what happened in Carolina. And I have questions about what happens when he stays in a job for seven years instead of three years, and you know, all those things. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think his gifts are really tailor made for Nebraska's situation. Um, it, it, it's interesting because I I think I overreacted to something Trev said um, a couple of times. You know, he, he he referenced you know I'm not necessarily looking for somebody who's going to win the press conference. He talked about you know being a grinder. He talked about and I painted this picture in my head of a coach that he was looking for that was not Matt Rule. Um, and I was, I, I, was that me? Was that, did you, did you have any of that? Did you have that picture? Like, uh, uh, it was that, or were those, you know, was I just kind of going too far? Do you understand what I'm saying? First of all, just in terms yeah. of the type of coach I was picturing. I think, um, first of all, I think some of that may have been a subconscious, um, you know, response to, to some of the the tough talk uh, at the Frost press conference, you know, sort of the, we're going to be the most physical team in the country and we're going to, you know, reshape the way the big 10 looks at Nebraska and reshape the way they play defense. But, uh, you know, some of that might've been a response to that. Uh, I think some of it was just, you know, I think Trev understands that, that this has to start with really, really basic stuff. And he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to set too high of a bar. He wanted to focus on the football and not the, the substance, not the style, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, <laughs> rule is there's a reason he is good. And again, I go back to Tim Miles. There's a reason he's good at at lifting programs out of the dust. And it's mm-hmm. it's there is a motivational quality to this guy. Uh, there's a messaging quality that that not a lot of coaches have. And and I think um, Albert's probably looked at Nebraska's situation and said, you know what, we just got to have somebody that knows how to, knows how to message, you know, improvement. I mean, when, when Matt Rule starts talking about 1% daily improvement, uh, I don't know if he's talking to his football players or if he's talking to me, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of a life coach. quality. Hey everybody, it's there. Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so again, Jack, I could see how this goes poorly. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, if if it doesn't go well, and people start rolling their eyes at some of his stuff, you know, I think we might look back in four years and say, you know, what the heck were they thinking? Uh, yeah. But, but 
there's a reason I think that that this stuff produces results at least in the first three or four years of a of a, re, of a rebuild. My, uh, uh, people may roll, they probably will roll their eyes at this, but I'm getting the sense from you that you, and I think you're probably right, that the media will also like him. <laughs> you know, I mean, he'll be, uh, may, maybe make the, make the media's job easier to some degree. Does that, is that fair? Well, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's part of it. I mean, I'm sure there's, I don't know the extent to which rule, you know, engages the media or doesn't. Uh, but I, I think, you know, the media tends to read situations the same way that a fan base does. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think the fan base will, will, will just like the excitable communication qualities. You know, I mean, it's just, it's when Matt rule steps to the microphone, I think he's, he's going to sound like a guy who, who likes to talk. Uh, and, Right. You know the media, the media and the fan base. I think both like that. Yeah, maybe I should. Uh, that a better way of of me is is just to personalize it for me. Is I have a I have a unique pet peeve with, and maybe some other people share it with Nebraska coaches. And you can probably guess who brought it out, who brought this out in me, uh, or, or you know, multiple Tom people Osborne. who did. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm about to rip Tom Osborne. No, uh, I I got tired of coaches who acted like every day on this job was the worst day of their life. Yeah, like I got, I got re- that. I mean, I know you know if you if they're winning, I get maybe that doesn't matter at all, and they're winning. Co- but man, it it made the whole experience joyless sometimes. Yeah, um, of being a fan and of a of a program that you like and you care about, like you want as a as a fan as a supporter who, by the way, keeps coming back constantly. I don't really need to hear a coach who seems like they're having, you know, they're complaining about the situation that they're in constantly. And it doesn't seem like that's something a rule is going to do. So that alone makes me happy. You and I are in lockstep on that, but I'm not sure we're in the majority on that because I think there is a a segment of the fan base, a large segment that prefers, you know, that a coach, (laughs) that a coach kind of, uh, I don't know. It's the, that know. is the grumpy coach that you grew up with. Yeah, that, that you, yeah I know what just, you mean. It's just kind of like, uh, hey, we're he's he's great with his players, and yep. you know, he has, who cares? No, I agree. That's I'm not. I don't think my take on that. I mean, I t- I I know for sure my take isn't necessarily the standard one, but I guess I'm just being selfish for myself right now, um, and and being looking forward to to that change, um, and, yeah, and I have in the past you know what, too. Jack, I mean, you you mentioned it, and I think you know I think you were referring to the pointy and, and and frost even, to some and frost to some degree yeah well and I was just gonna my next comment was gonna be I I think frost was probably actually worse at that than Bo was uh, I think you know Bo Bo it was just sort of a I don't know it was Bo was just intense <laughs> you know yeah. uh, I I think. And he wasn't super comfortable in those situations, and so I think it, it came out. I'm defending Bill Pelini, and, and you know that's. I think it was just sort of the way he was, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was who he was genuinely. Um, with Frost, to your point, I think it was more noticeable in his situation because it just felt like he was just he just had this chip on his shoulder that it was like, you know, I can't believe people are making me do this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's. Uh, to, to your point, I think I don't think Rule is going to sound like that. Um, I think he's going to. I think he's really going to enjoy learning about Nebraska football. 
I mean, it's as basic as that sounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy from, from Penn State. I mean, he grew up, he graduated high school and state college. He's a Penn State grad. Like, he appreciates traditional football powerhouses and in a way that, you know, I think Nebraskans will gravitate to. So I think he's really going to enjoy the conversations with, you know, learning about the black shirts and the academic All-Americans and, the, you know, the Oklahoma games over the years. And mm-hmm. I have a sense that, you know, Rule will be excited to sit down with people and just talk, just talk, right? Uh, and Nebraska fans, you know, our, our very first comment in, the, in our conversation today was about how much people just like to talk about the program. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Rule is going to be really good in that sense, probably even better uh, than Mike Riley in some ways, just because I think he's a more, um, he's just a more charismatic figure. Maybe not as much a laid back style of that. Yeah, I think that maybe. No, but Riley was, you know, Riley was, um, he was, he wasn't just, he wasn't as genuinely, um, I think, like I said, charismatic is the best word I can think of. You know, he's just, Mike was, Mike was sort of the guy you see next door and, you know, water in his yard and he'll talk to you for a half hour. (laughs) Right. Hold hold the sprinkler. I think Rule is the more, more like the guy who, you know, he wants to come to your rotary luncheon and talk to you. Yeah. So. Uh, so to that end, please somebody ask a question today. If uh, in 1982 the refs cost Nebraska the game against Penn State, <laughs> because I would like to know that from him. That's kind of a litmus test for me to start yeah, this whole no thing kidding. off. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I hear all kinds of opinions all the way from man. I hope Nebraska keeps Mickey Joseph. To you know, it, 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 it this probably isn't something that's going to last forever. Rule needs to go a different direction. How important or not important do you think it is? Um, whether it happens or not, that that Mickey Joseph continues to be a part of this program going forward. You know, so so my first of all, I have expressed uh, skepticism for a long time now that this was actually going to work out because uh, I think it's hard to put a guy you know in charge for three months and then and then you know yeah. demote him again um, for for lots of reasons, not not because of ego, just be. For, for lots of practical reasons and how it affects the locker room and all that. But I think my my instinct is to say that it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, it, it's not like Matt Rule can't find another big-time recruiter. Uh, I think where it matters, though, is I think it's, a, I think it's sort of an olive branch uh, in some ways to – to the former players, um, especially probably even more than the fans, the former players mm-hmm. who really, really like Mickey. And uh, if they can figure out a way to keep him in, I think it helps rules credibility just a little bit more. And again, I sort of question the long-term viability of it. I think you might have a situation where a year from now, Mickey goes out and becomes a, a D2 head coach or a, you know, a group of five head coach or something like that, mm-hmm. just because he wants to be a head coach. Right. Um, but it's both but sides. Think, it's, he may not, yeah, he may end up not being interested after all this too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I was in Mickey Joseph's shoes, I gotta be honest. I don't know how excited I would be about doing that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, get, uh, I get that totally. So, so I don't know if it's like a long-term solution, but I do think it would help rule for a year. You know, I think I think maybe that's the way to go, and I'm sure they've already Ooh. had this conversation. Hey, I but got. I would just. Uh, I go got. Ahead. I would just. 
Go ahead. Oh, I got some news. According to Pete Thamel, Nebraska closed to hiring South Carolina offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield as the new offensive coordinator. Worked with Matt Rule at Temple, Baylor, and the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, um, that was so. Maybe somebody yeah. was speculated anyway, but that's been a, just been put out there by a couple of sources. So, yeah, that was a that was a pretty that that was certainly a topic of conversation in the last forty eight hours. Yeah, so. uh, and 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 South Carolina South Carolina's had a had a really good two weeks. Uh, yeah. If you haven't noticed, they just beat Tennessee and Clemson. Uh, yeah. Wait, dis- and by the way, they're... does Spencer Rattler still have eligibility left? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, uh, just wondering. I mean, I'm just wondering. He was somebody who was, I don't know, I don't know, uh, worth worth keeping an eye on, I suppose. Jack, it is going to be really interesting, Walt, because I know we got to wrap this up, but there is a perception right now that Nebraska has just just gobs of NIL money. I mean, it's. I hear so many people, national analysts and, and you know, national reporters reference Nebraska's NIL jackpot, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's a perception out there that Nebraska boosters are just, you know, are the equivalent of Auburn or Alabama or you know, Texas A&M, and um, it'll be really interesting to see if it actually pans out that way yeah. because. I know people care, but you know we're—I don't know—it's right. it's a lot of money to, to, you know, to compete with schools like that for for NIL players. And uh, it's—I'm not saying the school doesn't have it. I think Nebraska as a school has it, uh, but it's the the other, uh, you know, to do it ten, fifteen million dollars a year or whatever it takes to, to yeah. compete for those top transfers. I don't know if Nebraska it, can do that. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Well. We're about to find out. We are about to find. Yeah, the days of having any kind of a honeymoon period without a ton to do as a head coach, which I think you did anyway, but it's even more crazy uh, intense right away now than it ever was. So there you go. All right. Well, we'll be uh, we'll be watching. Yeah, it looks like uh, Marcus Satterfeld, according to several reports, is going to be the new offensive coordinator. So hey, Jack. Yeah. Next Monday at this time. Yeah. We'll be talking about Nebraska basketball's upset of crazy. Oh, it's, stop it. They're a different. Listen, I'm not saying that's happening. They're a different team with Derek Walker. They're a very different team with Derek Walker. That much I'll say. Well, I think I think it's 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 a good point and it's a good talking point to start doing using now, so the the selection committee can get used to it. Uh, I agree. That's good. Maybe I'll send them some like uh, bobbleheads with that on it or something. Like it's a Heisman campaign. <laughs> we're, we're a different team with Derek Walker. I love it. All right, Derek. Have a good day. We'll look forward to reading what you have to write. Have a good one. All right. Okay. There you go. Derek Challen, Omaha World Herald. Save it to five. We'll uh, wrap this up on KLIA.